reading the God's Word. We're going to be in Daniel in chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 8. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 8. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 8. Where the Lord reads, For this reason, at the time certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. And they responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar, the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psalmetry, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, and the bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath, and his facial expressions was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of the blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers and their coats, their caps, and other clothes, and were cast into the midst of the furnace of the blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire flew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste, and he said to his high officials, was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? And they replied to the king, Certainly, O king. And he said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of fire without harm. 
and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Let me pray this evening as we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, God, that we can rely on you. We thank you that we can trust you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are our ever-present help in a time of need, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that, God, we can call upon your name, God. And, Lord, we know that you hear us, my King. Father, I just ask you to be with us tonight as we just look at your word, as we just seek you, God, tonight. Pour out your Holy Spirit in this place, my King. Help us, God, to hear your voice and hear what you're saying. Father, I thank you and I praise you. I honor and I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would give the Lord a hand, praise this evening. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated as they put my topic up on the screen tonight, saints. And uh, before I get into my message, I, I want to uh, say that uh, we had a good prayer time uh, last night. I want to thank everybody that came to prayer. And I know those of you that weren't maybe able to come, but that y'all were there in spirit and y'all were praying. Praise the Lord. But uh, amen. Um, I believe as we come together and we pray and we trust the Lord. And we go to God for things I believe that God is going to begin to honor that. Amen. And he's going to begin to move in a mighty way. And we're believing God for some big things, for some great things that God wants to do in and through our lives and in through this church. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. How many of y'all want to see God do something big? Praise the Lord. How many of y'all don't care if God does anything? Okay. Praise God. I was just curious. I didn't know. <laughs> Amen. So let me look at my topic tonight. I know there's some of them in here. They just hide. They're hiding. But um, let's look real quick. Amen. My wife's looking at me crazy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The truth hurts. It's sorry. But let's look real quick. Amen. At my at my theme here. My at my at my topic right here tonight. As we refocus. And I want to talk to you about bringing Christ into your crisis, bringing Christ into your crisis, and I, and I, want, to, I want to call it faith in the fire. Somebody say faith in the fire. Faith in the fire. And how many of y'all know that uh, y'all are well uh, aware that each and every one of us go through various crises in our lives? Amen. If you just live a little bit, you're going to find out. Amen, that you're going to go through some various crises, amen. We got all kinds of crises that happen, amen. Amen, and you know, they, they call it a midlife crisis, praise the Lord for, the, for a reason, amen. But I want to share with you tonight, we, we go through crisis, amen, and then we're all going to go through it. We're all going to deal with it. We're all going to experience challenges in our life. We're all going to experience difficulties. Amen. We're all going to encounter things that just really are difficult. But the thing is, is what we do with that trial or what we do with that crisis that's in our life. Amen. How do we handle it? You know, some of us, whenever we have a crisis, we just uh, really just, you know, lose it. Amen. And we go, go bananas, go berserk, and we're looking crazy, amen, and everything else, and amen. And some of us, amen, we run and we go try to medicate it or we 
Amen. Try to handle it in a way to where we can just numb it or not deal with it. Amen. Or forget about it as if it never happened, right? Amen. We all deal with crisis. We all go through crisis. But the question is, is how we go through it. And I want to talk to you tonight about bringing Christ into it. Because one thing that's a blessing as us as Christians and children of God, amen, is that we have... We don't have to live this life alone. Amen. We have, the Bible says, one that is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We have one that will walk through us. Amen. Whether we're on the mountaintop, whether we're in the valley, one that will walk through us. Amen. On our good days, our bad days, our great days, our blessed days. Amen. And our worst days. Can I get an amen? amen? We have one. Amen. That the Bible says will never leave us nor forsake us we have one that loves us with an unconditional love amen and that's what's such a blessing about being a christian that's what's such a blessing about being a child of god amen because we just like those in the world we still go through things if anybody thinks that just because you become a christian means you don't go through anything else amen i have bad news for you you're you're mistaken Amen. We still go through things just like everybody else in the world goes through things. But the difference is, amen, that we don't have to go through it alone. Can I get an amen? Amen. We don't have to go through these situations alone. Because we serve a God that is alive. We serve a God that is well. Uh, We serve a God that is concerned with us. Amen. He knows when we wake up. He knows when we go to sleep. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're dealing with. Praise the Lord. And not only that, but he's concerned with it. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I want us to look at this because ultimately we're going to go through the same thing that the people of the world do. But the only difference is, is we have the opportunity in order to bring Jesus into our crisis, into our situation. Amen. And I don't know about you, but that right there is an encouragement for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, and and, and a lot of us, though, we get, you know, to a point where we get hit with some kind of crisis or some kind of difficulty, and and we forget, amen, to, to respond in a way where we bring in the one that can help us in this scenario so many times we get hit with it and we think we have to deal with it all by ourselves we have to go through it all alone amen we have to just deal with it praise the lord and the thing is is that that we have one that we can go to we have one that we can rely on we have one that we can call upon amen and we can anticipate him Amen. Showing up. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I don't know about you, but that's a blessing. You know, I want to ask ask yourself today, what is your first response when you encounter a difficulty in your life? Amen. Is your first response to, amen, wig out, praise the Lord? Or is your first response to go to your knees and cry out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? You know, I know that... uh, it's all about how we've conditioned ourselves, amen, and where we're at in our relationship with God. 
Amen. And some difficulties we, we encounter, we, we, we just forget, amen, that we have God to call upon. You know, but sometimes it's hard for us to believe God for our situation or our circumstance. We can believe God for everybody else. We know all the answers and all the solutions when it comes to everybody else. And I'm not saying that we don't. We do. Praise the Lord. Amen. But when it comes to our own circumstance, our own situation, our, our own trial, amen, we forget what kind of God we serve. Are y'all with me today? And so sometimes we've got to begin to take our own medicine. Hello, somebody. In other words, when we're experiencing something, okay, for most of us that have been walking with God, what would I tell my brother or sister in Christ? Or what would I tell my disciple? Or even what would I tell my children? And if it's good, if it's good counsel for them, how many of y'all know it's good counsel for us? But each and every one of us is just human nature, praise the Lord, amen. It's easy to believe God for somebody else's healing. It's difficult to believe God for our own healing. Am I right? I don't know, Jimmy. I mean, when you're sick, amen, you're not really feeling real strong. You're not feeling real good. Amen. You're not feeling all mighty and spiritual and powerful, right? In fact, if anything, you're feeling wore down, beat up, amen, and just like you have no ability, amen, in order to deal with it, right? And that's why it's a blessing to have the body of Christ and have brothers and sisters that can come and intercede and pray for us, amen, and you know, come and bring that, uh, that encouragement or come and lift up our spirits or help lift up that faith in our life. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, and, and so I use that example as when we're sick, but amen, and, and that's a great example. But what about when we're dealing with just something else in our life? Amen. Another scenario. Praise the Lord. Amen. Another situation. You know. And so, so I want to kind of talk to you about this today. I want to talk to you about bringing Christ into your crisis. And as we look right here in Daniel chapter 3, uh, what we begin to see, amen, is that King Nebuchadnezzar has begun to build this uh, large uh, golden uh, object that he is, or idol, that he is uh, calling the people of Babylon in order to come and to begin to kneel and bow down and worship this idol. And this, this is something that he was proud of. This is something that, uh, you know, he had uh, taken the, the, you know, the, the opportunity in order to develop and build. And, and, and this is a big situation that began to take place because the Bible says that he began to call all the people of the, the, the side traps and all these government that were supposed to come. And he was calling them from all over and they were going to come, amen, and they were going to worship this idol. And he began to say, amen, that once you hear this music that's being played, this orchestra, amen, of the Babylonian orchestra that was going to begin to play and when you hear this is then you are to kneel down and you are to worship this God and then the Bible says amen 
he begins to obviously have some concern whether everybody was going to begin to worship. In other words, amen, at this point, he had some kind of distrust concerning that because he says, and if you don't worship this idol, then there's going to be some consequences. Somebody say, God is good. And then we begin to see these three Hebrew men that were involved in this scenario, known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And according to the Bible, the Bible says that these men refused in order to bow down and worship this God. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever heard this before, but Babylonian, amen, or Babylon is actually a physical depiction in the Old Testament of a spiritual depiction of the world today in the New Testament. In other words, he was saying, amen, we are asking that you come and you begin to worship this idol and you need to come and compromise with the world. And how many of y'all know that's one of the things that the enemy tries to do in each and every one of our lives is get us to compromise with the world. Now I had preached that recently and I said the good news is is that God has already overcome the world. Can I get an amen? amen? So here we are, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refuse to bow down to the world. They refuse to worship the devil. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the king was angry when he had heard about these three men and that they didn't want to bow down to his gods. And as a result, he had ordered these soldiers to turn the furnace seven times hotter than usual. And they brought before the king and he told them if they did not bow to his gods, that they would throw them into the blazing furnace. And this was their reply to the king. They said, oh, king, we don't even have to think about our answer to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even have to think about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know who my God is. I know who my worship goes to. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to bow down to the devil. Amen. I'm not going to bow down to the world. Amen. I'm not going to bow down to any false God or any idol. Praise the Lord. Amen. And they said, they, they, they said we don't even have to think about it. Amen. They said, we will not bow. And they go on to say, and our God is able to deliver us. Right there, amen, they were men that had trusted their God. They knew who their God was. They knew what he was capable of, and they were operating in faith, praise the Lord, amen. Because here they are in the middle of a crisis that was going to be taking place, amen. In the middle of a crisis, but they know who their God was. But they said, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't deliver us, even if he doesn't show up, even if he doesn't move in this area, I'm still not going to worship that image. Somebody say God is good, amen? See, God delivers them in this blazing furnace according to the scriptures. The Bible said, the king said, I see four and none of them is burning and not even is, none, not one of them is hurt. Amen. 
And one of them also has appeared as the son of God, according to the scripture. And so the king recognized Christ's glory because how many of y'all know his glory can't be hidden? Can I get an amen? And Jesus appeared with the Hebrews in their crisis. And the Bible says that he came and he comforted and he rescued them because he loved them and because they were totally committed to him. Now, I want you to look at this for a moment because each and every one of us go through a crisis in our lives. Each and every one of us are going to deal with something that is just really difficult. Amen. Everybody's going to deal with something that's very difficult. But there's something special about what these men did. And I'm going to bring these three points out that brought Jesus to be concerned with their crisis. See, every one of us wants God to move when we have a situation. When we have a difficulty, praise the Lord. Amen. We want God to move, right? The example we use a lot of times, when that police officer is behind us, he's got the sirens on. Amen. And we had too much to drink. Or we have a sack of weed. Hello, somebody. Before we were saved, what were we doing? We were calling on God. Are y'all with me today? And the sad part is, is that's how some of us are. We call on God when there's a crisis, but we don't call on God, amen, when everything's going good. See, one thing about it, saints, amen, is Jesus loves us. Jesus is concerned with us. Jesus wants the best for us, amen. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, amen. But I'm here to tell you right now that Jesus doesn't always commit himself to every single person's crisis. Hello. Are y'all with me today? I want you to look at the scripture, John chapter 2 and 23 real quick. Because I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to show up when I have a crisis. I want God to move on my behalf. I want him to be there. I want him to show me what it is that he has for my life. Amen. To help me through this difficult time. Look at John chapter 2 and verse 23 real quick as he puts it on the screen. Excuse me, 22. Yeah, 23, son. All right. This is in the New Testament in the Gospel of John. He says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs which he was doing. Verse 24. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them. For he knew all men, verse 25. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Let me go back to verse 24 real quick. But Jesus, on his part, 
was not entrusting himself to them. Why? No, we're men too. Hello. For he knew all men, and go to the next verse. Because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. In other words, he knew what was in their heart. Go back to 24 real quick. See, all of us want to call upon Jesus when we're in a crisis. We all want to call upon him when we need him, amen? But he knows what's in your heart. He knows whether you are just calling upon a 911 God, amen, or whether you're committed to him, whether you love him, amen, and you just made a mistake or you just need him in your life. Can I get an amen? And the reason why I'm telling you this today is because I don't know about you, but we need Jesus in our situations. We need him in our life and we need him in our crisis, praise the Lord, amen. But God knows our hearts. And he knows, amen, what we're all about and he knows what it is that we're gonna do. And I'm here to tell you, you can't play games with Jesus. You can't run game on God, amen, and say, God, come save me out of this situation even though your intention is to go, amen, and just begin to go back and live how you wanna live. And you expect God to show up. Hello. Somebody say, God knows my heart. God knows my intentions. God knows what I'm going to do. So here we are. We're wanting God to show up. Raise your hand if you need God to show up in something. Praise God. So I'm going to help you out today, okay? See, Jesus knows the deception in people's hearts. You can deceive the people around you. You can deceive the pastor, but you can't deceive the Lord. You can deceive the courts. Hello, somebody. You can deceive the probation officer. You can deceive whatever your mom, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever you want to deceive, but you can't deceive God. Hello. And today what it is is there's a lot of Christians that are facing crisis in their lives, whether it be spiritual, whether it be mental, whether it be physical, whether it be in their marriage or in their business, amen? And so we need to ask ourselves, you know what, how, how can we get Jesus to commit to our crisis? How can we get him to commit to our crisis? Amen? Amen? How can we do the same way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought Jesus into their crisis when King Nebuchadnezzar was throwing them into the furnace, amen, and giving them the death penalty because they wouldn't bow down and worship his God? And as they put my first point up here, I'm going to share with you real quick. The first thing that they did, they committed to a pure lifestyle. They committed themselves to a pure undefiled lifestyle even in the midst of a wicked society 
The Bible says in Daniel 1 and 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the Enoch's that he might not defile himself. See, these men committed to not compromise and not to mix in with the lifestyle of the people that were around them. In other words, okay, they, re they rejected the spirit of Babylon. The spirit of Babylon is the spirit of the world. In other words, they wanted to be separated from the world and to live holy before a holy God. Are y'all with me today? See, I want you to look at this because the church has been infiltrated by the Babylonian spirit. Are y'all with me today? And as a result, there's thousands that are conforming to this worldly standard. Amen. That's one of the things you got to realize. The church, amen, we're going to get attacked with the Babylonian spirit, with the worldly spirit. In other words, we're going to get attacked with the spirit. Like, you can just live however you want to live, amen, and just be okay. You're still a Christian. I want you to look at this right here. King Nebuchadnezzar, amen, he believed in the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He believed in the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but he still worshiped other idols, other gods. There's people that can believe in Jesus and still worship other gods. And there's people even in the church that believe in Jesus, but they still worship other gods and they still have idols in their life. But how many of y'all know the Bible says, amen, the second commandment, that we shall not have graven images? Are y'all with me today? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided to be separated from the world. That was a statement that they were making. We're not going to worship your gods. We're not going to bow down to your gods. No matter what, amen, what you do to us, amen, we're not going to do it. We know that our God will deliver us, and even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to do it. Some people, as soon as, amen, they deal with a situation or a crisis in their life, amen, they begin to go and run back to that world and that spirit and bow down to the Babylonian spirit. In other words, a crisis hits and they decide to go get lit up. Are y'all with me today? So the first thing that they had done was that they had committed themselves to a pure lifestyle. We all want God to show up in our crisis. Okay, then let's commit ourselves to a pure lifestyle. Let's be undefiled. We want God to move. We need God to move. We need God to show up. Amen. 
But we still have things in our life that are hindering us from letting God pour out his blessing, amen, in full covering upon our lives. And you, you can see the, the spirit of Babylon, the Babylonian spirit, try to infiltrate the church. People think, you know, they, they, they think that we live however we want. We live in this way, and then we still go to church, and that, that's, that's contrary. I mean, yeah, I still come to church, but, you know, if you're a Christian, then do your best to live holy. And, you know, if we're young in this thing, we're learning, right? We're learning. We're learning. All right. My next point. Put it up there, please. So they committed themselves to a pure lifestyle, and they committed to be men of prayer. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel. Praise the Lord. Go to verse 20 real quick. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of the people of Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God. And so the first commitment they made was to live a separated life. And their second commitment was to be seekers of God. In other words, they were praying men. And how many of y'all know it's impossible to live holy, a holy life, Without spending a whole lot of time in prayer. Hello. So we can try to be committed all day long to live a separated life. But if we don't have the power in order to do it. We're not going to be able to accomplish it. Because we still have something called a flesh. Am I right? And if we expect to be able to overcome the flesh with the flesh. It doesn't work like that. If we expect to be able to live a holy life without the power of God, amen, that's impossible. It's called insanity. Anybody feel like they're going insane? The Bible says walk in the spirit and you what? Won't carry out the desires of the flesh. So they were committed to prayer. They were men that were committed to seeking after God. See, a Christian that prays is more likely to end up in a blazing furnace or even a lion's den. Praise the Lord. But I'm here to tell you today, amen, never think that just because you've gone through some crisis in your life, Amen, that you're no longer ever going to have to go, continue to go through them. Because I'm here to tell you, you're going to constantly be going through some kind of crisis. But you've got to learn how to handle it. Hello. 
Are y'all with me today? You may not go through the same type of crisis because it may not be uh, uh, created by your poor decision making. Now it's created because the devil's got his a target on your back. Are you with me? I've, got, I've had more drama in my life since I became a Christian than I did before whenever I was saved, when I wasn't saved. Hello. Are y'all with me today? It's just my drama isn't with the same people. My drama before was with the cops. Amen. And with the drug heads. Now my drama's with the devil. Amen. And with some of you knuckleheads. Praise the Lord. Y'all preaching over there, huh? Are you talking to y'all so? God is good, amen? You know, the, I don't know if you know this, but Daniel uh, was in uh, his 80s when he was thrown into the, the lion's den. And the testing of God, amen, comes when you go to be with the Lord. This is when the testing ends. But this is why prayer is very important. In fact, if y'all remember what Peter said, he said, amen, don't count it strange when you encounter various trials. Don't count it strange. Amen, because this is the testing of the Lord. We're always going to be going through some kind of trial, always going through some kind of crisis. Are you with me? We're either coming out of one or we're going into one. But the question is, is how are you handling it? Are you still wigging out? Hello. And I know that's your first, your first response a lot of times, right? And then you get your composure and then you figure out what's going on. Amen? I mean, because if you get blindsided by something, you're like, what the heck is this? Amen? I know when I first had gotten real sick, man, it, it, I didn't know what it was. It freaked me smooth out. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I had to get my composure, right? I had to get my bearings, and then I started going to God. And, and I don't know if y'all have ever been sick, but one of the things about some kind of sicknesses is when you don't know what they are, sometimes that, that creates the greatest anxiety in your life. You know, it's, it's one thing if you know what it is. Like if your chest is hurting real bad and you know what it is, okay, that's heartburn. And you're cool, right? But if your chest is like hurting real bad and you don't know if it's like your heart is having a, heart, made a small heart attack or something, then you're like, you know, your anxiety is even worse, right? You know? Praise the Lord. Somebody say God is good. So, in other words, we, we need to be men and women of prayer. Amen. You can commit to live an undefiled life, but that commitment is impossible to fulfill without being a praying Christian. 
Are y'all with me today? In fact, the Bible says to be alert, be on guard for your adversary, the devil. Amen. Be alert, be aware, be praying, be seeking God. Amen. And how many of y'all know when we truly begin to fall in love with God again, when we truly love God, it's going to draw us to his presence. In other words, we're going to want to pray. And how many of y'all know the more that we pray, the more that we seek him, amen, the, the, the more it builds. Amen. It's kind of like having a relationship with somebody. And, and, and the more you spend time with them, the more that relationship develops. Right? But if you don't ever spend time with them, amen, that relationship doesn't develop. Correct? And then when you go see them again, it's kind of like weird again, right? Have y'all ever gone to where you just see your family members like on every uh, Christmas or other Christmas or whatever? That's what I used to go see mine and my parents and them on Christmas. And I go see them and every Christmas it'd be weird. <laughs> and my wife and I would be like, man, uh, you know, we're ready to go. <laughs> you know, or you go to your in-law's house, right? <laughs> Amen. And maybe you got great in-laws. I don't know. Somebody say, God is good. Some of y'all, that's what it is with you and God. You're going to see God. It's weird. Because you ain't seen him in a while. So here we look in Daniel chapter 3 and 28. It says, now when King Nebuchadnezzar called those men out of the furnace, he said, blessed be your God who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. And, and when we're talking about prayer, saints, prayer is the process of yielding up our bodies to God and becoming a living sacrifice. The Bible says be a living sacrifice Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, right? Are y'all still with me today? And the third thing that they did in order to commit God to their crisis was, as they put it up there, they, they committed to trust God. In other words, they had faith in the fire. Hello. So first of all, they lived a life, amen, separated. They lived a life of a lifestyle of holiness. They didn't compromise. Two, they were praying and they were seeking the Lord. And three, they committed wholly to trust God, even in a life or death situation. Hello. Even when it meant their life was on the line. Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. Will you put it up on the screen real quick? Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? 
Now, if you are ready at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psalmistry, and the bagpipe, and all kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace, a blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? And so here we are, these three disciples, they were facing this big crisis in their lives. Amen. And if God didn't come to their rescue, amen, if he didn't show up, amen, if he didn't produce a miracle, then they were dead men. And as you look at this, amen, maybe your health or maybe your marriage or maybe your finances or your family is in a crisis beyond power to solve or to heal, amen. And what will bring Christ into your crisis, amen. Is when you make the same commitments that these three Hebrews made, amen. When they make, when you make this commitment, when you make a commitment, amen, in order to live a separated life, when you make a commitment to seek the face of God, and when you can make a commitment to trust God, amen, with all of your heart and have faith even in the fire, that's when God will show up in your situation. Are y'all with me today? And the good thing is, is that there's something called repentance. So even if that crisis is a situation that is there because of our actions, God knows if we're truly repented. Hello. There's a difference between saying, God, forgive me for what I'm doing, for what I did. I need your help. Amen. And all you are is just sorry that you got caught because you don't want to deal with the consequences. And there's a difference between truly, truly being sorry for what you've done and wanting God to begin to change you. Are y'all with me today? See, a lot of people want God to show up and they just want a 911 God. Hello. I want your miracle, God, but I don't really want you. I want your favor, but I'm not really in it just because I want you. I want your blessing. I want your provision. I want you to get me out of this situation. Hello. I want you to get me out of jail, God. Hello. Some of you are praying, God, just get me out of the home and I promise I'll live my life for you. <laughs> just get me out of the home. Or just bring my wife back or my girlfriend or my husband and I promise I will. And God says, I know your heart, son. And I not only do I know your heart, I know what you're going to do. That's why I tell them when you're really going to court, when they're going to court, and you know their situation there is in the hands of the courts, and the Bible says even the hearts of, amen, uh, you know, rulers and men and judges and everything is in the hands of God, whether they're saved or not. But, and I say, well, look, this is the thing. God knows whether you're playing or not. So I, I suggest that you're real about this thing. Amen. 
And God is a merciful God. He looks for the opportunity to give mercy. He looks for the opportunity to give grace. He looks for the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? And, and he's, a, he's a patient God. He'll wait for you. He knows, you know what I mean? Maybe you got to, you know, maybe you're not going to get it perfect the first time. Sometimes he'll do it for you just to bless you and show you that he's real, amen, and help build your faith, amen. Are you all with me today? I know, I know God's been waiting, waited for me for years and years and years. Hello. Worship team, you can come forward. Praise the Lord. But we've got to trust him. We got to learn to have faith even in the fire. Hello. See, in these three Hebrew men, the Bible didn't, you know, if you notice, they didn't run. Hello. Some of us, when we get into a fiery furnace, we, we just, when the fire is on us, hello, we, we want to run. I'm going to tell you this right now. The fire is what purifies your life. When the heat's on in your life, you can say, thank you, Lord, because you're purifying me. You're getting the junk out of me. You're taking me. You're developing me. You're beautifying me. You're producing me into, amen, a purified piece of work. They didn't run. They didn't, they didn't accuse God for forsaking them. Some people, when they get into a trial, they get into a, 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 into a crisis, and all of a sudden they want to get mad at God. I mean, I'm not going to tell you I haven't asked God, hey, God, why is this happening? What's going on? First thing I do, and I'm going to tell you this, when I get into a trial, you want to know the first thing I do? I start looking inwardly, and I start examining myself and my life. And say, God, is there anything in my life that, that needs to be repented? Is there anything that needs to be removed? Is there anything that's bringing this in, into my life? That's the first thing I do, look inwardly. And then after I look inwardly, then I begin to look outwardly in regards to what is it that you're trying to show me, God? What is it that you're producing in my life? Amen. I told you all the other day, I mean, every single time I went to the next level, it came through a trial, it came through a tribulation, it came through a difficulty, it came through a crisis in my life. Every time, every time God wanted to elevate me, it came through a trial, a, a, a crisis. So I begin to look at it, I say, God, what is it that you're doing? Where are you? What are you doing in this? Amen. What are you doing? Where are you doing? Some of you say, man, God, what are you why are you letting this happen to me, God? Da, 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 da. Then you're mad at God. That's why you got a lot of people walking around mad at God. Hello. Some things in this world just happen because we're in a fallen world. Amen. But the good news is, is that we can trust God. Do you trust God? Do you trust God?
These three men, they remained faithful to him. Amen. Full confidence in God is what brings Christ into your crisis. In other words, these three men, they went into the fire with their bodies already dead to the world. And as a result, Jesus jumped in with them in that blazing furnace. And as they were walking together, amen, in that furnace, you want to know what they were doing? They were thanking Jesus for his faithfulness. Hello, somebody. Some of you, if you're going through a crisis, you're going through a, a fire, you need to be thanking Jesus for his faithfulness. Thank you, God. Thank you for never leaving me and forsaking me. Thank you, Father God, that you're going to deliver me. Thank you, Lord God, for carrying me. Thank you for seeing me through, God. Stand to your feet. The question we can ask ourselves today is, do we really trust God with all of our heart, even when we're cast into the lion's den or the blazing furnace? Do we still trust God? With all of our heart the crisis is going to come the fiery furnace is going to come but can you still trust God anybody can trust God when everything's going right anybody can trust God when they're getting blessed that's easy to trust God but can you trust God amen when you're going through the fire can you trust God when you're going through the trial when you're going through the tribulation, when you're going through it, can you trust God? Commit yourself to a separated life. Seek the face of God and trust God. You can invite God and Jesus into your crisis. Amen. I want the Lord in your crisis. Amen. thank you tonight Lord God we just thank you Lord God that you are faithful my King we thank you Lord God that Father we can trust you we thank you Lord God that you show up God that you're concerned with us Lord God have your way my King tonight God give us let faith arise in this place let faith arise in this house. Let faith arise, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.